This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Now batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop, number two. What's up, Yankee fans? Thanks for tuning in to the MIYST podcast for the first time in 132 episodes. You will hear a different voice open this show because Christian is on vacation. I'm your host, Chris, alongside my co-host, that guy, Ryan. What up? Episode 133, the last episode before the Yankees go into the all-star break here and things didn't end as well as we'd like, but they got to split. Yeah. Right. So they didn't lose their last series. So really we said it, I think. Yeah. You two were saying that you would, we were saying it last the other day. Cause me and Christian recorded a couple days ago. We had Joe Rivera on, we kind of did like a mid season recap of the entire league. This show is going to be more based on the Yankees mid season recap. Um, before we get into any of that, please, if you listen on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, head over to there, leave us a five star rating and review. Um, and also we are on YouTube. If you prefer to watch a podcast, which I didn't even realize until you had me watching Joe Rogan, that I much rather watch a Same podcast here. if you have the time. Sometimes. If you're just driving or whatever, listening to a podcast is awesome. Yeah, in the but car, if you nice. have the time to like what, and nothing else is like, Yankees aren't on all week. Yeah, so if you have some time, sure. catch us on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, just type in MIYST podcast. We'll pop right up. Subscribe to the channel. Leave us a few thumbs up, comments, uh, all that good stuff. So series breakdown of Yankees Rays. Like we just said, they split. The first which, two games were nice. They every game was a really good baseball game. They play very good games against them. I, it's it's basically felt like playoff games every time. Every I game said they this to you yesterday. I was shocked when I looked this up. The Yankees and Rays have played thirteen games. Right, the mm-hmm. Yankees are nine and four on the series, which that was included in today's game, including today's game. And before, so they only have bef- what, five games left against them. Six, where they play nineteen, maybe it's no eight. Like- no, there's four games left. I think five games left. Five games. Yeah, what did they have? They maybe have six. I'm not sure. No, sometimes it, might be it is 19. nineteen. I don't. Sometimes they I don't know 19. what this MLB schedule yeah, really, anymore. It's probably Seventeen. Anyway, um, so before the Yankees lost these last two games, they were nine and two. Yeah. And it was a completely lopsided series. It's an 11 is, game win streak against American League East opponents. Yeah. Too. So it still is lopsided, right? I mean, the Yankees are nine yeah. and four. It's not, not even close. That's a, that's a phenomenal record to have against, against a second, a second place. place team in your division. Absolutely. Um, but I looked this up the other day cause I was like, I feel like no matter what, even when the Yankees win outside of a couple games, every game feels close. Yes. Towards the end. And I looked it up and and a couple of the Blake Snell starts there were blowouts early. Yeah. I think they Rays ended up coming back that last time. He got taken out in the first inning. Yeah. But out of the 13 games, only two of them 
had a run differential of more than three. Wow. Going into the seventh seventh inning. Because even these last two games that the Yankees won against the Rays, those eight four games or whatever, it was two run game. two extra inning games. Yeah, so well, it was three to one going into the ninth inning in, in that July fourth game. Right? Three three then. And yeah, then the I Yankees so. blew it open eight four. So these teams really match up well against each other. I don't know if this team scares me as a playoff contender, but the Rays are a good team. They're, they're definitely a competitive team. And if we're going to wrap up the first half of the season and, and, and we're going to talk about which team has the best chance of making a run at the AL East outside of the Yankees, obviously it's definitely the Rays to me. I mean, I just don't see the Red Sox turning it on. I think they're still the Red Sox, obviously. I think they're going to be competitive, but... I mean, even um, if they do turn it on, how many games back are they in the loss column? I'm trying to pull up the standings now, so... But here's the thing, right? How much can they even do? Everyone keeps saying, like, oh, the Yankees just tossed away this game. It does matter. Uh, You know, they can win this whole division... Uh, they can lose it by one game and then be in a wild card and this game will matter. Guess what? If the Yankees lose this division by one game, as it stands right now, going into the all-star break, eight games up in the loss column, they deserve to lose it. Yes. They deserve to be in a wild card. Yeah, game. That, that's just a collapse at that point. That's not a one or two game slide during the season. That's just you. you and I'm not. Off. And, and it's not that you can. Just throw away games. I'm not saying they're not important, but when you look at the big picture, it's time for the Yankees to now take advantage of something that they haven't had in a long time. And that's a comfortable lead in this division. You saw with with the start, put aside all the other injuries on this team. Let's just focus on the starting pitching injuries. And when you factor that into this, the Yankees have severely overused this bullpen. Oh, yeah. Severely. Adobino's pitching every night, it seems. But you can't blame anyone. No. It's no. just how it's how the cards fall. I mean, this, is, this has been a season where the Yankees have overcome adversity the entire way, and we don't have the stamina in our starting pitching staff where these guys can go out there and throw six, seven innings every time. And when you have a bullpen like the Yankees have, you're going to utilize it as much as you possibly can right now. And look where it got them. It got them eight games up. So if you have the opportunity to say, look, we're coming up on the all-star break right now. We got to, we got to start being smart here because we're getting into the dog days of summer. Now, end of July through August, we've seen so many guys tire, especially out of the bullpen already. Yeah, I mean, you see this weighing on a lot of guys yeah, right you now. Saw it on Chapman the other night. He he seemed off. It might have been so a bit of it. If you insertion. win those first two games of this series, and yeah. you can say, "Look, no matter what happens," and they were still competitive, but if you can say, "No matter what happens, I can give some guys some rest." We might lose these next two games, but we're going into the All Star break eight games up in the loss column. You're going to do that, and I'm sorry, it's the smart move. It I is. Agree. Look at the look at the schedule. No, and you know what kind of sucks too? The games that the Yankees are kind of blowing out their opponent and it, and it looks like they will just be able to use their, you know, back end uh bullpen guys, those David Hale types, Luis Sessas, they end up blowing it and then you have to go to Adovino again or something like that. So, 
these yeah. guys are getting used a lot. And, and you know that's what? what happens when you're a winning team, you know, yeah. you're, you're going to play a lot of games that are very close. And that's when, you know, you got to use these guys. And you know what? Big props to, to guys like Hale. Really? And, David Hale deserves a lot. And Cortez and even Tarpley in a few of his outings. Yeah. He he's pitched come some, through. He pitched some big innings. He didn't look great. You got to give these guys game, credit. Game the opener. Is that the line? I think yeah. he might have gotten an inning or two in. I don't know. You got to give no, these guys. Totally that was did. in. Was that in London? No. Uh, oh, yeah. Was it? It was. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was that last game. It was the second game in London. He yeah, gave so up me four and Christian in the first just inning. said, you can't. You can't still judge him off of that. No. Look at all the guys that got shelled. Yeah, no, any any sort of pitching staff from, from London doesn't count. But, you know, these guys have been really good. You got to give them credit. And no doubt. And I mean, this team is in a really good position right now. So they split the series. It's the all-star break. Thank God. I think it. this team needs this break more than ever. So do the Red Sox. I mean... I listened to Susan Wallman and Ryan Rucco did an awesome job yeah, filling in for his, Sterling. Whose call of his did I hear? It was really Probably nice. Sanchez. Yeah, was it? He had a few. I mean, I don't know. He had one. It pumped me up. But listening to Susan Waldman and some of these other people that traveled with the team, not even the players, just the media, the personnel, just listening to them, they're exhausted. You yeah. hear it in their voice. Imagine doing all this traveling and on top of it, you're playing Major League Baseball. I mean, these guys are exhausted right now and you can't sit here and blame them and say that they shouldn't be. This was this was Boone's opportunity to say, look, we have a nice long week ahead of us. I'm going to rest a few guys here. We're going to carry it into the All-Star break. We're still... We're still dominating right now, and I'm okay with that. And a lot of people aren't, but I think you got to look at the big picture. Yeah, and people were throwing Chad Green under the bus after the Darno walk off, which just pissed me off. I we got to we have to get a video put together of every time the Yankees lose a game, the the reaction of the other team when they beat the Yankees. Oh, it's it crazy. is hilarious. I mean, it was it was like they walked off a World Series. It's game. crazy. But I get it. That was that was a cool moment. You you deserve to celebrate that. But I don't know. It was a great. No, it's a it's always heightened. Half. It's always heightened. Um, yeah. I, there's not much more to say. I mean, the Yankees won two games that they probably shouldn't have. They stole them, in my opinion. Uh, even yesterday. I mean, I tweeted I tweeted out, and I had a bunch of assholes have to retweet and say. Uh, let me I'll say the tweet first what, I said it? that no I no I just said after Hicks hit it and I didn't care if no, they won that, or lost no, that that see that's the thing all it doesn't I, even matter all if they I win said or lose. was this team I can't I said my first baseball memory was 1995 yeah, I saw King this. Griffey Jr. rounding third base scoring I cried for like three out. hours that's my first true baseball memory I've watched baseball since I was old enough to see yeah like to actually open yeah. my eyes and see yeah, something and know I was looking I wonder at something. how many Yankee games you've watched. Uh, it it's unreal. Life. So in 1995, that's my first true memory of watching a game. And since then, I don't remember being so speechless. Now, of course, I wasn't going to be speechless over something when I was 10 years old. I don't know. Yeah, that's it's a different type of but emotion. But I didn't mean that like this team was the best team I've ever seen. I didn't mean speechless like, wow, they're going to win this game. I meant that day in and day out, this team has every excuse lately to lose. 
and they don't. And they just find a way to fight no matter what. It seems like they're losing every single game, too. Like they're trailing well, at some Well, since point. the London series, they've been sh- definitely struggling. But this is how you know they're a great team because even when losing they're tired. The, losing in the game and then finding a way to win yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Even when they're tired, which they clearly yeah. are. Yeah, they're They're, they're competitive. Even when they don't win, they've been competitive. That's a good baseball team. And they're still not fully healthy. They don't give up. That, I, that's like my favorite quality in a team. When you're watching a game, regardless of what the score is, you're not turning that game off because you know that at the last pitch, you're down to your final strike, which Aaron Hicks was. Yeah. was that game three of this series, 2-2 two, two count, two outs. And I mean... And he was pumped up. How many... And so then anyway, so Dinger. I had a bunch of assholes retweet it and say, 96, 98, 99. Listen... How many of those teams during the regular season, how many times did the 98 team leave you speechless? There was a different confidence. I I mean, they they were the greatest team to ever step on a baseball field. What I mean was overcoming all the adversity, the injuries, the travel, everything. They just find a way with two strikes down to their final strike. Yeah, I Aaron I, Hicks gets up I know. and hits a home it's, run. It's someone different it, too. It, it, that's it. It's I'd just like to all the see, factors. We should look into that. The '98 team, like what sort of adversity they had to deal with. I, I bet it was nothing like what the I don't know. Had to experience. I, I mean, I yeah. don't know. It could. Did be. they have 16, 17 guys on their uh, then disabled list? No, I don't think that's ever happened. Was their ace out for the entire first no. half of the season? Was their setup man out for the entire season? Was right. there a former MVP out to play only six games of that first half of the season? We have you know? got we have games like I said. They're trying to lose. They're throwing out David Hale in a tie game, yeah, these or last a one two run games. game, and and Cortez and all these guys, and they still find a way to win that's or awesome. at least tie it and stay. Comp- that's all they meant. I wasn't saying this team's better yeah. than '98 or whatever. No, you're just like, but you know what? You're I tweeted, shocked. You're I tweeted this the other day. By what they're doing? Yeah, I tweeted this the other day too. Since nineteen nine, since nineteen eighty nine, only two other teams had a fifty nine and twenty six record after their first eighty five games. Only two other Yankee teams ever, and from that in that time span, thirty years. Was it? It wasn't ninety eight in last season, was it? Yeah, it was ninety eight. They were sixty and twenty five, and last season 59. they were fifty nine and twenty six wow. as well. So. It really had nothing to do with the record either because yeah. last year's team didn't leave me speechless no, all the time. It's just the, the way fashion in right. which they're doing it. It's different. Anyway. It's, yeah, anyway. I figured a cool like wrap up of the first season instead of just breaking down every player. Mm-hmm. I figured we'd go over some of the impact players and we're going to get Christian on the phone uh, probably right after this and we're going to... Uh, we're going to get his quick take on these things. I haven't really discussed that with him. He knows we're going to call, but yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, I just figured we'd go over the impact players of four of the four main components of a baseball team, which would be the offense, defense, starting pitching and bullpen. Cause I think, I think on a couple of these, really just one of them is a clear cut answer, but the other three, I think can, can be up in the air. And, and in my notes here, I have a couple uh, of these categories that I kind of need to talk through because I don't know who I choose, who I truly choose for, for each one. So 
we'll start offensively, and I think this is pretty easy. Even though you can make a case right. for so you, many you guys, can, you could make the case for Gary Sanchez, especially if you take into consideration how he was last, what what he did for this team last season, how how he struggled so much. But I mean, come on, dude. It's DJ LeMayhew. It's got to be. I mean, I've never. You want to talk about speechless? Being yeah. left speechless. That's what this guy's done all season. I, I just what? I mean, you can make a case. For I've never Torres. seen. Yeah, yeah. Even Luke Voigt in a lot of ways. Yeah. When no, when, you can make cases for everybody. But DJ LeMayhew, not everybody, is clear you know cut. I mean. I mean He's the guy. He's the biggest impact player of this offense. I mean, he, and I think not even just within himself and his own stats, but I think the the dynamic he has brought to this lineup is just impactful in itself. I I I don't know what to even say about this guy. I, to have him be the leadoff hitter now, and he's kind of I think solidified that role as being the leadoff guy. He is a perfect leadoff hitter. Somebody that just starts the game out. He's most likely not going to strike out. He probably won't hit a home run or anything like that, but he's just going to get on base. He doesn't even have that many walks. He just hits. He just gets hit after hit. And if you go back to the show when the Yankees first got him, we were talking about, from what I remember, that it kind of spelled the end of Machado and that it did kind of suck because there was a lot of hype around the Yankees getting Machado, but we talked about the kind of guy DJ LeMayu was and that he's the guy that the fans have been screaming about that the Yankees need, that the Yankees need a guy who puts the ball in play, who doesn't strike out a lot and who makes things happen because these guys who get up there and either strike out or hit a home run are great to fill into this lineup, but you oh, need yeah. a balance and DJ LeMayu is so good at it. That him himself. The best I've ever seen, basically. I know it's only a half of a season, but, you know, the thing with him, what he brings to the tables in recent years, I guess you could even date it back to even 2009. They Their offense has relied on the long ball. It's just their entire offense. If you don't, if they're not hitting home runs, they're not scoring runs. But this season, you've seen them win games at a in a completely different way. I mean, they went from twelfth in the league last year with runners in scoring position. They're they're first in the league at batting average with runners in scoring position. They're winning games in a different way this season, and a lot of that has to do with DJ LeMay. Here. And to be fair, if not all of it, to be fair, I think the Yankees have three of the top five. Uh, guys with the highest batting average and runners in scoring yeah, position because I believe Torres, Torres and, and Urshela. Urshela. Yeah. yeah. Urshela. Even, even Urshela. Stanton, Stanton, when he plays, he's he's hitting with runners in scoring position. Luke Voigt yeah, has a high when, batting when average. When Stanton started to get hot again before he got hurt again, yeah. uh, he was hitting like he had a cu- Yeah, he had a couple uh, big even at Judge. bats. Judge is coming through with runners in scoring position. They, yeah, they're, not, they're, I mean, he had a bad day today, but yeah. You can't blame him this series. I mean, he was phenomenal this series. No, and this series for Judge, man, did you notice how terrible the umpires were on him? Oh, these umpires. And and this was, I've seen him sort of flirt with the idea of talking back to an umpire and and giving him. I missed it today. I was listening. He he was letting him know, man. And Ruko and Susan made it clear that this call was miserable. And even in the post game, I was listening again. I was in the other room and I heard Curry just saying, this was a terrible call. Judge was vocal about it. And you never see judge get as vocal no, as he did today. Never. So and I need to see it. It wasn't need, a strike three call though. Was it? 
Uh, oh no, it might have been. I, honestly, it's just he was just going nuts at the. At the really, play. I gotta. I gotta not, see this. I mean, for Aaron Judge, yeah. Instead would, of just his normal yeah, smirk, like like look down, turn, yeah, look down and and you give know, the jeter breath, yeah, the, the jeter, jeter smirk. Like, yes. come on, man. Uh, I forgot. You're what better I was. than that. Yeah, but it's like they need to sit these umpires down and be like, dude, this guy's six foot seven. Like, you, you can't be calling these strikes. They're not strikes for him. He's too big. Yeah, and you know what? I say it a million times. And I'm not defending the umpires because I think they've been terrible, but we have so much more technology at our fingertips watching the games with the K zone. This was never anything that was implemented 10, 15 years ago live during the game. So now that means that every strike the umpire calls that's a ball or every ball that the umpire calls that's really a strike we're looking at what the strike zone supposed to be so it's a lot easier for us to to bitch about every missed call so it yeah. seems like there's a lot more blown calls or that these umpires are so bad when really you take away that k zone like it used to be where you're just watching yeah, the pitcher throw K-Zone it into now. the catcher yeah and you the human element becomes even even bigger because you're sitting there going to me that looked like a strike or you know to me that looked like a ball instead of saying no that's a ball or that's a strike because they're telling me so to be fair these umpires have a lot more on their back and they're never going to be perfect but on calls like that today from what i'm hearing it can't be missed you can't call a ball that's that low on a fair. guy who's fair. six foot. And you know what? The low, the lowness of a strike shouldn't shouldn't even depend as much on his height as a as a high strike or or whatever. So when you're calling a strike that's that low, you're just calling. You would be calling that a strike on anyone. Whether yeah, do he you w- think the umpires go home and like watch tape. Well, and like I think stu- the good they, ones do. If they know they made a bad call, yeah, like, they go I, back. I think the good ones do. Yeah, well, watch them. There's so how many how many stubborn umpires are out there that won't even listen to a manager, won't even ask for help. Oh, even the umpire today, he was barking back at Booney. It's ridiculous because Judge, I think, was still talking uh, to him when he went back into the field. I was trying to find the screenshot of that, but I can't find it. Whatever. So offensively, we agree on DJ Lemayu. Let's go to defense. Yeah. Defense, I have two guys written down for me. Who's you, who would you say is the biggest impact player on this defense so far this year? You know, he hasn't he hasn't been here long this season, but ever since he came back, I've seen this infield just totally solidify itself, and that's Didi Gregorius. Yeah, hey, that's a great call, man. He hasn't played a lot yet. It doesn't and, and matter. I, and I'm You're thinking right. Urshela. Uh, that's that's probably the easy choice. But he. But I mean, I don't know. It's just ever since Didi's been there, that middle infield is hey, so perfect. just like just like a pitcher and catcher are battery it's like art out right? there. Yeah. yeah. When a pitcher and a catcher in sync, it's just so smooth, and it's like an art. It you're is. watching oh, you're watching you see something a nice double play. That's one of the best parts of baseball. And that that could be the same said for shortstop, second base pairing or whoever with all these shifts sometimes Didi's on the other side or at their whatever you're right i actually think i'm going to agree with you and Didi's not even written no on my but if we're talking impact Didi has really solidified and made an impact the most on this defense i think the two guys i've written down 
in my notes here, Ursula Taurus and Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez. That is a good one. But I think that Gary Sanchez for me is more of, he's been so much better this year that mm-hmm. his, his defense has just stuck out to me. I don't think he's an impact to the defense because he's been as good as he has been. But he's an impact when he's as bad as he was in a, See, in a negative and that's way. where I'm going to, that's where I'm going to say that I don't think it's fair to put him as an impact player because my, my, um, cr- criticism to everyone ripping him for being bad was that he doesn't make that much of an impact when he's that bad anyway, because his arm makes up for so much. Right. And yeah, when he has a pass ball and a run scores, we feel it because of run scoring, but how many runs does he save with his arm and so on and so forth. So I think that me putting him down as an impact player on the defense is just me saying, wow, he's been so much better. Yeah. I think if you had any other competent catcher back there, it wouldn't be that much of an impact. I don't think he's made that much of an impact as much as DD or the other guy I have, uh, Gio Urshela, um, who has been phenomenal. I mean, Gio Urshela, I kind of like that. I mean, I know lately he's been hitting the ball again, had a big home run the other night, I believe. But I kind of liked that when DJ really turned the Jets on and like was just coming up big that Urshela almost took a back seat when he had to sit some more games. And really his biggest impact again has been what he's here for. And that's his defense. And I kind of liked that because you, he didn't let you forget about him no matter mm-hmm. what. Even right. if he wasn't getting a lot of at-bats or making a lot out of them, he was still so good in the field that you didn't forget about him. You didn't forget how good he was. So I think for me, I have to agree with you. I am going to go yeah. Didi Gregorius because you've seen, you've noticed ever that, right? since because then, you know what else the that plays does. this defense has made have been phenomenal. It puts Torres at second base where he just seems like he's more comfortable. I know he was a shortstop though but he just looks like a better second baseman. I mean, who knows what the future holds there? Yeah. I never agreed with that statement until this year. He looks good at it. I, I, my favorite thing is when Gary Sanchez has a close throw oh, to second and, and the he tag. gets that swipe tag. I, him and uh, what's Javier Baez on the Cubs. They're very similar defenders and how quick they are with their glove. It is fun to watch. All right. Starting pitching. This is tough for me. I have Tanaka. You know, it is it is kind of a toss up because you could even say Domingo Herman, which I guess would be the only valid other choices. I can't really think of anybody else. But for Tanaka, if you're talking impact, and you're talking just, I mean, off the top of my head, he he pitched very well against Houston when he pitched against them, and he had back, I think two starts in a row. He faced Tampa a home and a road game. And he only allowed one run in both of those games combined. And then what he allowed four runs in, uh, yesterday's game. Was that yesterday's game? Was it? Did no, he, pitch? or did he, did he pitch in this series? Yeah. He, no game two. It was, he pitched Monday night. I thought against when they came back, what was the last or, uh, start? when did they on Tuesday night against the Mets? Was it the when Mets? they came back? That's when they activated him off. Yeah, the... well, he gave up four runs in that game or something. But I, it's got to be in terms of impact and just what he's done in big games this season. Uh, I oh, got... you're talking about Tanaka? Oh, yeah. What are you talking about? Oh, I thought you were talking about Herman. Oh, no. Nah. Herman's all right. I forget. I, I can't remember now. Tanaka pitched. I want to say Tanaka pitched on Friday. 
I believe that was his last game. Look that up. But for me, I'm going with Tanaka mm-hmm. because not that it's Domingo Herman's fault that he was hurt. I'm not saying that I'm penalizing him for that. But when a guy gets hurt, it takes an impact player to pick up the weight. And I think with Paxton not being the guy that he was brought over here to be so far, he's just been up and down. And he, look, the guy's got some balls, man. He's gutsy. Yeah, Even what was when that he, stat Christian sent us today? Let me p- try pulling that up real that quick. That was about his first innings. Kill him. Yeah, it's nasty. But outside of his first James inning. Paxton, first inning, 17 runs, 15 innings pitched. Rest of game, 20 runs in 56 and a third innings pitched. Yeah. So just three runs that's allowed. A, that's crazy. And like 40 more. They were talking about it on the radio broadcast about how the first inning just kills this guy. And it does. Opener? You need you maybe pair Paxton with an OP? No. No, he wasn't brought here to have an opener nah, paired with him. I agree. He's good. Paxton has good stuff. He's just got to put it all together. July 5th. So that was game two of this series. Tanaka pitched six and a third. Yeah, Friday. Four runs allowed. So I think that Tanaka's complete game shutout against the Rays a couple of weeks ago goes so much further yeah. than that game alone. I think it picked up his entire team. I think it gave them the ability to go on this crazy run they've been on over the last few weeks. So to me, that game alone put Tanaka number one for me. I know he still hasn't been the most consistent dominating pitcher. I know he still has his games where, you know, he's not the greatest, but to me, it's Tanaka. End of story. End of story. And then bullpen. I have two guys oh, written down. I haven't really given this one thought. <sighs> I mean, the bullpen doesn't seem like it's been oh, as great as it has been. Though. Do you really think so? Impact. The biggest impact. So what do you think? It's Chapman? No. And here's why. Because Chapman. Canley's one of my guys I've written down. And here's why, here's why I don't have Chapman. Let me tell you this first. I think Chapman is having the best year of his career right now. Yeah. I think Chapman is the best closer in baseball right now. Okay. Um, just because when he does put it all together in games when he's uh, fresh and has his good stuff, he's one of the most unhittable guys you will see closing at a game right now. Um, but Chapman was brought here to close out games. Chapman was brought here because he throws over 100 miles per hour and they needed someone stable to close out the ninth inning. So to me, yeah, he's been a great impact and whatever, but I mean, to me, he's not the impact guy that I'm thinking of. So I have Canley as one of them because without Tommy Canley, I agree with that. I don't know where this team would be as far as, as many innings as this bullpen has been used and not being able to rely on Tommy Canley with Batances being out. Tommy Canley has stepped in here after having one of the worst years ever last year, not even being with the team and has been an elite reliever again. And a guy that the Yankees depend on in some of the biggest innings of the first half. Yeah. Cause if you take away Tommy Canley and Domingo Herman, two players that stepped up for their injured, you know, counterpart and Luis Severino and Dylan Batances, where would this team be without Domingo Herman and that stretch and Tommy Canley? I think impact player has a lot to do with the surrounding environment Mm -hmm. and really where this team would be given 
their right. current situation without this guy. Yeah, that's fair. I think Tommy Canley is, yeah, is one of those guys. Though, yeah, but Adovino has been great. But again, again, I mean, he has been a big impact to this team. But for me, I'm looking beyond the filthiness and beyond mm-hmm. the stuff. I hear you. And I have to say that I'm going to give this, you know, this uh, bullpen most impact player to two players. And it's got to be also Chad Green. Chad Green. I was wondering if that's who because you were thinking. without Chad Green, now we talk about all the situations. That's fair. One. Think about oh, the open the games he's open. They're what eight and zero. They're seven and zero, and he's the opener. I just I mean with an yeah, opener. With they're an opener, and they're undefeated. Yeah, and he's pitched in seven of those. He's opened seven of those. Not only has he done that, but he's come out of the bullpen in games where they need him. I know he gave up the walk off last night, but what are you going to do? But what are you going to do about those games? Chad Green, ever since he got sent down and came back up, which sending a guy down could be demoralizing. He came back and said, "I'm glad they sent me down because yeah. I needed to work on things." Yeah, and, that could go one of two ways, right. and luckily it went the, the positive one. So you know what? I'm going to put Chad Green in there, too, because without Chad Green and having to rely on Nestor Cortez or Hale to open all those games and not have them maybe in the innings that they've used Hale and Tarpley and stuff like that, then maybe this team's in a different place, too. So I'm going to go Chad Green, and I'm going to split it down and, the middle. And they're sort of... Uh, tear that they've been on it seems like it correlates exactly with when chad green came back from the yeah the miners so i i agree with that i agree with that um i mean so to wrap up the segment there really you have you have people in each department that have made a big impact and we didn't really you know it's crazy because the yankee outfield has been really good we didn't even talk about anyone in the outfield, really. It's tough because the only one that's played a decent chunk of games is Brett Gardner. Right. And he's just starting to turn it around. Right. And and really, every game you watch, there's a different outfield. Yeah. I mean, think about before Mabin got hurt. Yeah. Forget about Cameron Mabin. Um, so, I mean, to wrap up the show, I have a little trivia cool now we were gonna call christian but apparently he's having dinner now he's having dinner so i'm not gonna wait an hour for him yeah maybe if if he's around in a little bit or something i can i'll give him a call and he needs a little vacay and 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 you know edit it into the show but i'm gonna text him and be like bro just enjoy your time just go enjoy your dinner I know you want to hear yourself on the show. Yeah, that's all he cares. He about, just wants to hear his, to his voice. voice. He doesn't want to, He doesn't want one show to go by where his voice isn't heard. Uh, Take a break, do man. Voicemail. Leave us a message. Leave bro. us a message. We'll get back to you. Dude. Leave us a voicemail. Yeah. We'll get back to you when we have when we have free time. For real. All right, little Yankee trivia. And you kind of right. you kind of um, blew the first one, but why? I gave it. I gave something away. So here. I'm trying. I'm going to try and because I, I know too much, bro. I tried. To put together a little little trivia, a few questions that would correlate with midseason wrap-up numbers and also be a little outside of the box. Because like if I said who has the best average on the Yankees, that's DJ, simple. Next. Right? 336. So these are a little bit outside of the box. And yeah, I want to see how, how... I You know what? I don't know any of the extra stats off the top of my head, but you know, maybe I could just do some deductive reasoning here and, and, and draw my own conclusions. All right. You know? Who has the most games played throughout uh, the first half? It's Brett Gardner. How many do you think? 
All right. So what what they've played what what's the record right now? What do they play? Ninety games already? I believe they're fifty nine and twenty eight. So that's what eighty eight. No, eighty seven, sorry. Eighty seven. I would say Guardy's played in eighty five games. Eighty four. Ah, I was gonna say Which 84. is unreal because wait, hold on though. I gotta say I wouldn't have known that if somebody I think Christian texted our group chat saying that Brett Gardner's played uh, a oh, lot of games. See, this I year. didn't think that he sent that. I thought I saw that somewhere so else. So I totally my guess probably I mean maybe I would have gotten to him, but no, I I probably would have said say, Torres, to be honest. Yeah, I would have said Torres. I feel like he's played in so many games. He has to be right under there. Anyway, um, if you go back to like our preseason shows and stuff, we talked about how how okay we were with Gardner coming back, but yeah. we weren't okay with him playing every single day. He couldn't. Well, guess what? He's played more than anyone else, and he's made the most of it. Do you know what his batting average is right now? 245 246 wow i'm one off on guardy huh which listen you're not going to write home about a 246 I'll batting average six from him but it's pretty respectable and he has uh 15 dingers 15 this year. home runs and 41 what rbis what do you have 13 all last year or 12 all last season so i think 10 or 12. 12 so so He's turning it on. When now. you pair that with the 246 batting average for a guy who really wasn't supposed to play every day, I'll take it. The most home runs he's hit in a season, I believe they said was 21. So he's on pace yeah. to have And his that was career a couple high. few years ago. Yeah. But you know, when you are forced to play a guy like Gardner now, given all the injuries, you know that he's a streaky player. He always has been. With each year that has passed over the last couple of years, he's more and more streaky. You have to be, just be okay with it at this point because they're not getting rid of him. They, no. You know, you can make the case that Frazier makes his team better than having Gardner out there every day, but Gardy's shutting people up. Got to give a lot of credit to Gardner. And, you know, the thing that scares Shut me, me with up, Gardner. Because I was kind of getting fed up with him even. The thing that scares me with Gardner is he's notorious for just falling off the face of the earth towards the end of the season. So let's see how he comes back Yeah. after the All-Star break. I'm sure the Yankees, if have they find plan. room, have a plan yeah. to sit him a little more than they have. But, hey, the guy, not only does he have 15 home runs, a lot of them have been pretty big home runs. Yeah, whether well, starting the game with the first runs yeah. or coming through late, he's doing well. All right, ready? Yeah. Who has the best at-bat to home run ratio? Meaning who has the least amount of... Yes. Boom. How many do you think? How many at-bats does he have when you average it out? How many at-bats does he have in between his... Each of his oh, homers. all right. So you'd say he's probably at what? Uh, you, do you think he's at 300 at-bats no, already? No, no. 250? He's, he's hovering around... 285, I want to say. I would say one every seven at-bats. No, that would be crazy. Yeah, one every 17 at-bats. One every 11. Dude, that's Ten, a lot closer than 10. seven, 8, man. 10.8 is actually that's the, sick. the true number, but one every 11 at-bats he's averaging right now. A home run, whereas Travis Darno is averaging one hit so every wait, I could just do the I could do the quick math here. Travis Darno. Oh boy. Watch out, bro. 
I hate Travis Darno too. Yeah, man. man. Like, why? He's why, like a cocky Why can't prick. you just leave your helmet on, or at least until you after you round third base? I'm totally fine. So with, he's had 259, I believe. Throw the helmet off when you're about to cross home plate. You chuck it. He takes it off right after he crosses first base. Yeah, and does he's like a, a douche. Like, come on, man. You're Travis Darno, dude. You were traded for no Syndergaard. You're a loser. Ari Dicky. All right. I like this one. Uh huh. Uh huh. The best and worst home ERA with a minimum of 30 innings pitched. Wow. So let's start with the include relievers. I'll tell you this. I think even if I did include relievers, it would still be these two guys. That's why I said minimum 30 innings pitched. They're both starting pitchers. Worst. So let's start with the worst home ERA. J-Hap. Yes. Damn. 6.29. Wow. Pretty bad. And the now we're doing best, best. home ERA? Best home ERA. It's got to be the big man, Masahiro Tanaka. Nope. Is it Domingo Herman? Nope. James Paxton? Nope. CC Sabathia? CC Sabathia. Wow. 2.31. That is 2.31 ERA. Wow. Yep. Pretty crazy. Dude, I that was like my last guess. Not, not that I guess CC, but that I wouldn't even cross my mind. Damn, 231 at Yankee Stadium. That's nice. Okay. Batting average against. This is the last one. Oh. Batting average against. That was perfect until that CC one. All right. I knew that one would get you. Damn. And I think this one's going to get you too. Batting average against. Batting average against minimum 20 innings pitched. All right. So this includes a reliever. They're on the active roster? Yeah. Batting average against it has to be J Hap again. No, this is the lowest. I'm saying. Oh, lowest. Oh, just in general in the entire season, lowest batting average against against minimum twenty innings pitched. It is a reliever. Batting average against. I'd have to say that it's Araldis Chappies. Nope. Tommy. This one's gonna. This one's gonna shock you. Batting average against not Zach Britton's. Correct. It's Zach Britton? Yeah, man. Man, so that means he's walking a lot of guys yep, this year. and it was kind of eye-opening. It, listen, Zach Britton Damn, hasn't I been that bad. I started out strong on that trivia. Zach Britton hasn't been that bad. He's got a low ERA. I think Zach Britton, and I could be wrong. I'm just speaking out of, you know, out of my gut feeling here. I think Zach Britton has given up a lot of inherited runners. Mm. I feel like Zach Britton might come too. in and have a couple runners on. He seems to... He seems to not be the guy all the time to get out of it. I don't know. I could be wrong, but to have the lowest batting average against at ready for it. one twenty three. That's how low it is. What's his walk rate? I don't know. I didn't even go as far into that, but he has to have more walks this season than he did. Crazy. It's absolutely crazy. Wow. Um, I feel like it, if there's one player that you feel doesn't exist on this team, as far as at least pitching goes, I'd say Zach Britton, dude. I feel like I don't even remember him on this team. So we'll just to wrap up the show here. And again, you might have heard Christian. You might not have. If if we do set up the call, I'll edit it in after our uh, our takes on the uh, on the impact players. Cause I'll pick his brain a little maybe on that, but 
Before we wrap up, let's do our our normal look ahead here. The Yankees aren't back Oof. until Friday, 12th? right? July 12th. Oh, baseball opens back up Thursday night baseball. Astros at Rangers. This Thursday? Yeah. So Toronto, right? We most likely won't be back until the conclusion of the Blue Jays series. Um, Sunday night. I'm, I'm unless guessing there's we'll some record. news, unless something yeah, happens. Yeah, and, and listen, in between, I'm probably gonna try and hop on this week and and you know, put some content out there, oh, maybe yeah, we'll go live content. or something a couple nights we can do or, or whatever. Put, put stuff up on the uh on the YouTube channel. Again, if you haven't gone to our YouTube channel, check us out, MIST podcast, subscribe. And then we got um, the all-star game with Masahiro Tanaka getting Oh right. We didn't bring you know what I had that written down game. and I and I crossed yeah, it out. Whatever. By we kind of passed through it. Yeah, Tanaka Tanaka now replacing another injury, but it's still yeah, an who's, honor. I mean, who's he's, he replacing as a, another a former Yankee also uh, was he's, an injury replacement. It's still an honor. Me and Christian talked about this uh, last SG, episode. My initials with, with Torres. There's, you know, how many 750 oh, active honor. players at, at all kinda, times? It's kind of so. like. What 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 did Aaron Boone say? It was a joke. What was his? Term? He said to, he said it was a joke, and then he it, said it those kind guys of, they can kick rocks. That's yeah, what kick said. rocks because which means go fuck oh, yeah, yourself. Yeah, you said that on the no Christian interview. said that. Kid rock. I thought you said Kid Rock, and I got me pumped kick up. rocks. Um, but yeah, come on, Glaber. So we'll be back Monday morning, July fifteenth. I'm imagining. Um, actually, I didn't even tell Christian this. I don't know what we're gonna do because Dude, I actually. I might be missing now. I'll I'll throw myself some some props here. In 133 episodes of the MIOSD podcast, I have not missed one. Now, a big part of that is because I do the production, post production stuff like that. But you guys might have to record CGI. that episode. I might have to just show you the quick yeah, I can figure quick it out. fix here of how to record everything <sighs> and then send it to me because I'll be on vacation. Yeah, I leave for my uh, vacation Friday night. So I don't know. We'll work Worst something case, out. I'll do a solo pod, I guess. I don't know. I don't know if nah. Christian would probably have a, a friggin. <sighs> so yeah, someone will we'll be back Monday morning. We have to get a show out. So anyway, uh, let's wrap up the show with this. Let's just take a look real quick at the standings. And let's just give our opinion on who takes each division home real quick. Sure, 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 sure. All right. Uh, AL East. Duh. I mean. The Orioles. If any other team, if any other team takes this division, that's a big, big problem. Yeah, I'm not going to be It's a big problem. Because everyone looks at the the games behind, they see six and a half. Stop looking at that. Mm -hmm. Please. Look at the loss column. Wins can be, wins can be made up. Losses can't. The Yankees are eight games up on the Rays and 10 games up on the Boston Red Sox in the loss column. Yeah. If the Yankees lose this division, there's a way bigger problem than anything we can even think of right now. Um, AL Central. I'm well, going to say looks like the Indians are starting to come oh, back in that division. And huh? listen, I never thought the Twins were as good as they were playing. People tell me I'm wrong, that they're a good team. I'm going to say the Cleveland Indians end up taking that division. I true I really believe that. I think I just think they're a better team. 
And I don't think the Twins can sustain this type of success for the rest of the year. I, I think the Twins will end up winning that division, but it could get tight. They are going to have to add uh, another starting pitcher, though, I think, because they're, they're kind of weak out there. Houston has an eight-game lead in the loss column over yeah. the Oakland A's. I think Houston takes that home very easily. Yeah, they'll probably double their their lead by the end, Houston. National League East, I'm going to give it to the Braves. I think the Braves all around have the best team. I don't know if they'll go far in the postseason. Like, the you know, last year they fell short. I think they'll fall short again this year. I yeah. think they're a lot. I think they mirror the Yankees a lot yeah. over the last couple they're of years. They're a year behind where, the Yankees. Where they're a really good, solid team, and they're definitely a playoff team, but they're not playoff ready. Um, Michael had a nice game today. Did he? Yeah, so did Patrick Corbin, who's been pitching very well this you year. You know what? You're, we do have to get to one other thing after this, so we'll get to this really quick. NL Central is a toss I'll up. I'll say Braves also. I'm just going to I'm going to say the Cubs just to be fair. I think I think that Damn, dude, that division. They're the better team, but dude, yeah, that entire anyway. division is separated by only four yeah. and a half games. Yep. The last place team is four and a half games out compared to the Orioles who were 30 and a half games out. Yep. That's and then cool. the the Dodgers, I mean, let's, we don't have to look into that anymore. I think the Dodgers take the West with their eyes closed. Um, but I, you wanted to get to something and, and I think it's a fair point to bring up real quick before we wrap up. Uh, Sonny Gray is an all-star good for you. We said it a million times here that he was going to end up in Cincinnati. He was going to be more comfortable. The spotlights off him and he's going to have a good season. Yeah, now we- that move really impacted the Yankees as far as needing to get another pitcher and the decisions that they that they made in the offseason. And we said, however many weeks ago, that you can't kill the Yankees for signing Jay Happ because, in my opinion, you need to give Jay Happ a full year before you can look back and say they shouldn't have signed him, they should have signed this guy. And he looked good in his last start. Yeah, and I just think Jay Happ is a second-half guy. Yeah, so Jay Happ. Jay Happ. Second half. Jay half. I like that. Uh, he's a second <laughs> half guy. So I'm not going to sit here and kill the Yankees, but that doesn't mean that we can't sit here and say. A little speculation. Maybe the Yankees should have taken this this path. We had a similar discussion a few episodes ago where it was more the top end. If, you know, hindsight, would you have maybe signed a Charlie right. Morton type? Right. But now you look at this perspective in the back end of the rotation, hindsight being whatever it is. Do you, would you maybe consider going Sonny Gray, keeping him aboard, or maybe even signing Lance Lynn over Jay Happ? Well, here's, two pitchers who are pitching. You well brought above up Morton, what we thought, and yeah. I promise you, who pitched great today? That at the, the end of this year, if Happ case. doesn't turn it around, and I'm going to sit here and and criticize Cashman and the Yankees for their decision on Jay Happ, Charlie Morton's going to be the guy. I'm going to say that's yeah. who they should have gotten. Not just because he's having a phenomenal year, but because he got signed for less money. The only thing that with Morton, where maybe we don't know a lot about it, is that he seemed very, very uh, sure that he was only going to pitch for two teams this season, and that was either Houston or Tampa. Yeah. He wanted to be close to home or something. Really, at first, it was just Houston. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe if I'm pitching next year, it's for the Houston Astros. I don't know. Maybe they did. Those are things that we don't know. But, you know, Lance Lynn, he's pitching to a 3.9 war this year. 
Lance Lynn. He's 11 and 4. What's his ERA? With a 3.91. Pitching for Texas. You said war. His war is 3.9 as as well as his ERA is also 3.91. And what's, do you have J-Haps? Uh, I could pull up J-Hap if you want. Yeah, I have J-Hap here. So here's my thing with Lance Lynn. I think at the end of the day, J-Hap is a much better signing, no matter what Lance Lynn's numbers are, because J-Hap is a guy that I know I can trust a lot more than him, especially in the postseason. Even though, again, J-Hap got knocked around. Lynn, Lynn's a decent postseason arm. Yeah, but you know what? J-Hap is still a lot more... <sighs> I don't know the word I'm really looking for because I, I don't want to say was dominant. An MVP, But I just uh, think that Jay Happ has a lot more in the tank. Yeah. No, especially ability wise, Happ was the Especially right with the skill set you need to be successful in the postseason. Again, I know Jay Happ wasn't successful last year in the postseason, but I think he has more of an ability to be than Yeah, and Lynn, Lynn was nothing special in the postseason last year. But like this year right now, the 0.7 war for Jay Happ compared to the 3.9 of Lynn. And he's pitching to a 5.02 ERA. Who's, to, who's that's Jay Happ now? What was it? Five 5.02, which has probably decreased since his last good start. And then you got Sonny Gray, 2.2 war, pitching to a 3.59 earned run to average. Hey, I mean, all star. What would it be if he was in New York? Though? Right, and that Six. and that that's really like I. It's just it's funny to me because if if you asked me. Of these three pitchers, what's the order of their first half of this season of J.A. Happ, Sonny Gray, and Lance Lynn? I, I don't think this would have been the order I would have came up with. So it's just Wasn't it's there one other guy, though, that we talked about? I thought there was another pitcher that we said was having a good year that the Yankees um, gave up on to, to sign Happ. I don't know. Uh, I don't but, know. I, I, those were the only two that again, I was thinking. I I'm not believe. bashing the Yankees. I no. I, I mean, think you have to give ob- it a year. This is stupid, though. Like I, I was just thinking. I just think it's funny that Lance Lynn's a, a borderline All Star and Sonny Gray is an All Star. Well, no, because J Hap has to be better. I mean, plain and simple. J Hap wasn't brought here to be an ace, but he certainly wasn't brought here to pitch to a five plus ERA. But Lance Lynn's getting paid over there in Texas. They they gave him a nice contract, I think. Yeah, three years, $30 million for Lance Lynn. So I, the Yankees weren't going to... There's all these extra circumstances. They're, they're, right. It's it's It was Jay Happ. That, that was the And look what Jay Happ did here. for them in the second half of last year. I mean... Yeah, and who knows? It, it, I'm not... I'm like a it, big, you're only as good as your last start. Yeah, guy. and I'm again, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not definitely not criticizing Cashman and the Yankees. And you know something. I'm just doing a little speculation. We're doing a little yeah, around the little, league of... What if? What if? And Sonny Gray, for me, nah. I would rather forfeit every fifth game than right, bring yeah. a guy back here that my general manager said what he said about... And just a guy who's true, who was truly just in, beyond intimidated on the mound pitching in New York. So he's completely off my radar. Uh, so again, we'll have a show out next Monday after this All Star break, and me and Ryan might come on and just do some live stuff. If you want to catch us on Twitter at myysportstalk.com. Oh jeez, I always do that. What did you do? I always just add the .com, just natural. Oh. <laughs> That's our website, myysportstalk.com. Yeah, Follow us site. on Twitter at myysportstalk. Uh our sponsors baseballism at baseballism. Stay tuned after the show to hear a little word from them. 
I mean, this is it for me. I'm, I'm pretty, I feel very wrapped up at this point. I don't know if there's anything else we really would have to touch on. I mean, the trade deadlines coming up, we'll definitely discuss. I'm sure that in every single episode from here on out up until the deadline and who the Yankees are going to get. Marcus Stroman's on the DL now. So yeah, yeah I, I don't, I don't know how serious it is. I mean, neither. But, I know he's missing the all-star game. That was, that's Tanaka. That's who Tanaka. Replaced. Oh, there you go. There you <laughs> nice. go. Uh, so anything else from you? No, man. All right. Thanks Great for tuning half. in uh, to episode 133. Uh, again, we'll be back Monday. I don't know. I think I might be missing my first show ever, but we will see. Stack Guy Rye. Go Yanks. Chris, say goodbye. <laughs>